this is Gary. Josh is actually traveling back from a tournament, <clears throat> so I'm going to go ahead and take this one solo today, and today is the 8th of September, so we're just a few days away from game week 5 starting, which I know, I think it was nice that we all had a little bit of a break, <clears throat> but now I feel like... Uh, like it's been too long. Would have been nice to just have a couple of days maybe away from FPL. I think everybody, at least that I know of, kind of feels the same that it's been nonstop since, you know, probably a week before the season began. So it was nice <clears throat> just to have a little bit of a breather, sort of kick back and relax and not have <clears throat> football and fantasy Premier League on the brain <clears throat> 24-7 and it could take just a little bit of a rest. So, But it's nice to be back here on the podcast. It's been great interacting with people on Instagram. So we will continue to do that all the way leading up into game week five. So let's go ahead and get into game week five. And first, let's take a look at the fixtures that we've got going on because fixtures tend to... Um, <clears throat> tend to tell us a lot, or at least give us some guidance in terms of what, um, what players we're looking at who might be on our radar screen. <clears throat> First up, on Saturday, we've got seven games. The early game is Liverpool and Newcastle. The midday games, and we've got one, two, three, four, five of those, is Brighton-Burnley, Manchester United-Leicester City, Sheffield United-Southampton, Spurs face Crystal Palace, Wolves take on Chelsea, <clears throat> and then the last game of Saturday is Man City at Norwich, and then on Sunday, two games, Bournemouth-Everton and Watford-Arsenal. And then we have Monday Night Football, which is Austin Villa and West Ham. So let's go back then and look at, at some of these matchups. The first one that catches my eye is Newcastle has to travel to Anfield and take on Liverpool. Um, <clears throat> now, thought the same thing when Newcastle went to face Spurs at Wade Hart Lane. And uh, Newcastle actually walked away with a 1-0 win. So not sure if that history is going to repeat itself uh, coming up next weekend. But there's got to be some level of belief with Newcastle that they can get the job done. Uh, they shut down Harry Kane and company a couple weekends ago. And I'm sure they'll be looking to do the same against Salah and his gang. So part of me says... Salah is a no-brainer at captain, but we captained Kane <clears throat> when he faced Newcastle, and uh, that didn't work out so well for us. But I think that might have been a bit of a fluke, and uh, and uh, hopefully if you do captain Salah or Mane or Firmino, that... Um, that they deliver for you. <clears throat> All right, next up, Burnley go to Brighton. I don't hate this matchup if you own Barnes. Yes, Brighton, as most teams do, tend to perform better at home, but 
Um, you know, a couple of the big guys, Barnes, Pookie, Sterling, um, were relatively quiet in game week four, which leads me to believe that, uh, that they've got something in store for us in game week five. Um, what other ones? Okay, so Crystal Palace go to Spurs. <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to This is going to be a blowout with Spurs. Palace have actually been playing fairly well. Uh, Spurs do that thing where they tend to take a lead and then um, and then give it away like they did to Arsenal in week four. Uh, Crystal Palace are no Arsenal, but um, I don't know. Just something about Spurs doesn't seem... To, to be clicking well. Um, Attacking-wise, I think you're fine. If you've got Sun or um, Kane or someone along those lines, uh, Erickson, I think you're, you're fine. Uh, defensively, though, they scare me a little bit. <clears throat> Chelsea at Wolves. Wolves could actually give them a run for their money. Uh, I'm a little hesitant on Chelsea attackers, even though I know Mount and Abraham – are uh, extremely popular right now. <clears throat> you know, I could see, I could see Man City either going in and just blowing Norwich apart, uh, which will probably be the case just because it's Man City. Um, and we also know that Norwich like to open the game up on the attack, which leaves them, of course, exposed. Um, from a uh, from a defensive standpoint, so um, <clears throat> I just I just have a weird feeling that City are going to find themselves in a very uh, tight game and they're going to narrowly escape from it. Um, but I do think they're going to win. But I don't know that it's going to be the massive blowout um, that I think most people think it will be. I just think that something. Um, Something's going to happen at some point. They're bound to have a uh, a gimme game that doesn't quite go the way they, the way they want. They'll still escape with three points, but um, but they just may not get um, get it in a fashion that they're accustomed to. Um, Arsenal at Watford. Watford now have a new manager. They let Gracia go. Uh, I do think Arsenal will open it up big, and um, I do think that Pepe will get his first goal in an Arsenal kit, uh, and he might even get a couple. Uh, he's, what, $9.5 million, I believe, which is expensive uh, for an unknown, untested player. But if you go back and watch <clears throat> watch him play in that Spurs game, he created a lot of chances. And, um, you know, if things would have been just a little bit different, probably would have had a, uh, had a goal or two. Um, all right, so that's looking at uh, at the fixtures. We posted this on our Instagram account, and by the way, our Instagram account is at Let's Talk Soccer. So simple enough to find us there. And if you have been following us for any length of time, you may have noticed that we have a brand new logo, uh, which we're extremely excited about. And um, we want to thank FPL Graphics. For that, if you're on Twitter, uh, just go to at FPL Graphics, and uh, <clears throat> you'll see some pretty cool designs that they've done, and they've helped out our account and um, similar accounts with logos and um, 
banner images and graphics packages and different things like that. So we're super grateful about that and really, really like our new logo. But we posted recently um, on Saturday, so that was what, the 7th, um, a grid or a chart. And in that grid are a number of uh, Game Week 5 potential options, if not uh, captain options, that is. And if not captain options, certainly players that, if you're wild carding uh, or on the fence about, uh, may help you make up your mind. So we took, gosh, there's probably close to 20, probably between 15 and 20 names on this list. And we go, th- go through how many goals they have, how many assists they have, their FPL bonus point total, their total points, their overall BPS, which helps indicate the potential for bonus points, um, their form, uh, expected goals per 90 minutes, expected assists per 90 minutes, and then we take a look at their Game Week 5 opponents. And based on those opponents, we list who their opponents are, how many games these players have played against their Game Week 5 opponents, and then of those games, how many goals and assists did they have? And then we even do an average goal involvement. And a goal involvement is nothing more than uh, a goal or an assist. So a pretty comprehensive picture at a lot of these guys. And some things stood out to us. And want to flag them here for you. Um, Aguero leads the way. Uh, in current form, in BPS, and expected goals per 90. Now, none of that is probably a massive surprise, uh, but it is something that definitely uh, sticks out for the positive there. Abraham, Aubameyang, De Bruyne, and Aguero have very strong records against their Game Week 5 opponents. So, Abraham, uh, who plays Wolves, has faced them twice, um, has three goals and no assists in those two games. So that's an average goal involvement of 1.5 per game. De Bruyne faces Norwich, played them once, um, and had a goal and an assist in that one meeting. That's not too bad of a performance there. For Aubameyang... Let's see here. He plays Watford, has faced Watford three times, two goals and one assist. So uh, one goal involvement per game he's averaging. And then lastly, we've got Aguero, also plays Norwich, faced them six times, (laughs) has six goals and four assists. So uh, not too bad for uh, for Kuhn there. Actually, Quite nice uh, average goal involvement, 1.67. Looking to me like another um, great time to captain him. And also, he's very well rested over the international break. Did not uh, play for Argentina. So you got to figure he is going to be spry and ready to go. Especially with the threat of Jesus coming back into the mix. I think this will only... Uh, pick up his level of play, his level of focus and intensity because he's going to want to keep that starting 
role even when Jesus is um, is fully fit and ready to come back in. So um, other captain options, the ones that we've actually been asked quite a bit, uh, who we're going to captain this coming weekend. Our choices are this. Our choices are Sterling, De Bruyne, Salah, and Kane. And I can really make arguments for any of those four. And quite honestly, we're still really uh, undecided with that. Um, Part of me says Kane just had a hat trick uh, for England. Although, yes, two of them were penalties. He still put three in the back of the net. I'll take that any day of the week um, if he's my FPL captain. So there's that. Sterling uh, had a goal and an assist also for England. Um, I just, I'm not quite sure. De Bruyne has been playing well and he's been on great form. You know, it's really hard to say. Sterling didn't haul. Um, In fact, he actually blanked in week four. So part of me says he's the man because uh, he's due. So um, that right now is um, the strategy. If it is a strategy, it's more just a feeling, uh, gut feeling than anything else. But sometimes those are the best um, ways to choose your captain. You can do all kinds of analysis and then your guy blanks, which happened to a lot of us in week four when we captained Sterling. And uh, sure as heck had uh, the armband on Sala and De Bruyne right before game time and so badly wanted to do it and figured that we would just go with the masses uh, because there's safety there in captaining Sterling and um, got bit for it. So speaking of the masses, um, a lot of people are wild carding right now, which is completely fine. Um, I'm not sure some people know why they're wild carding. They're just doing it because others are doing it, which is... So interesting that um, FPL is such a um, copycat sort of phenomenon. We'll see, just like just like we did, we'll see everyone sort of leaning to captain the same player. Um, you know, of course, the template team is template for a reason. It's because everybody is following each other everyone else and you don't want to be without one of the widely owned players um, just because the threat of them having a good game puts you at a disadvantage. Um, and we're seeing the same with, with wild carding where there's, we get a lot of messages of uh, managers asking us if they should wild card their team when maybe they need two changes. If that Maybe just one, but I think people feel compelled when they see everyone else doing it that um, that they should do it too. So it's really interesting. So our advice is, unless unless you have sort of the I guess the uh, the criteria for us at least with wild carding is if you have more changes than you have free transfers. And you are not comfortable um, taking a hit for those additional 
transfers, then you should use your wildcard. It's all about how many changes do you have and are you willing to, um, to take the hit or not? Are these changes super important to you? If they're super important and you're not willing to take the hit, then wildcard time it is. <clears throat> if you can take a step back and, and take an objective look at your team and say, you know what? This isn't so bad. I have one change, maybe two changes, maybe even three changes, and I'm willing to take up to an eight-point hit rather than burn my wildcard chip then do that um, or you know send us a message or someone else that you um, can uh, can get feedback from objective feedback from and uh, and see if you can get some feedback on that team you know we try to help as many as we can sometimes that's not always possible to help everybody because um, there are a lot of people out there um, and we, for whatever reason, have just sort of blown up in terms of, uh, of getting messages, which is fantastic and we love it, um, but we cannot get to everyone. So what we've started doing is, uh, is posting teams for feedback. These teams are, you know, our criteria for posting these teams, speaking of criteria, is uh, to make sure that these teams are different enough from all of the other template teams that are being posted. So um, it, it's good for a couple of different reasons. It's good for the person asking um, or requesting that their team be posted or that we give feedback on because they can't find feedback on these teams anywhere else or at least on some of these players anywhere else. These teams are unique enough where um, – you know, there's some question marks and they, they need to sort of uh, get an assessment on this team. And um, it also then, the comments when we post those teams, <clears throat> allows every other manager to see them. So uh, are they considering the same players? If so, here's some, some comments that they're seeing. Um, have they not thought of this squad combination before? You know, that's something good too is, uh, we get so blinded sometimes with sort of the template team and the players that are being talked about so much that we forget, uh, you know, that there's lots of other players to choose from. And sometimes they're, you know, right in front of our faces and uh, and we uh, we just don't even see them or think about them. So, <clears throat> you know, we like to post different teams for those reasons. For those of you or for those that message us that have sort of the template team, just go back and look at our posts uh, that include those same players as your team, and you're going to get that same exact feedback anyway. So it's extremely much faster for you to do it that way, and then we don't um, we don't burn posting on uh, teams that are the same and the same over and over again. We um, actually can post some pretty unique stuff. So I think it's really helpful. For everyone, and everyone at the end of the day gets what they need out of it. <clears throat> All that to say, um, you know, if unless you are 100% certain that either you are or you are not going to wildcard, get some feedback from someone. Uh, there's all kinds of resources on Instagram and on Twitter. Twitter is actually a really great place to do it. We are much more uh, heavily present 
and active on Instagram, but um, we do pick up a lot of great information on Twitter, um, and uh, there's a lot of really smart people there uh, giving a lot of good feedback. So, um, And remember, all of this is subjective. It can be based on data. Um, it can uh, <clears throat> you know, sort of be based on the eye test, you know, the ever-popular eye test. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to subjectivity of, do I think that this guy is going to deliver more points than any other um, option at his price point and in his position? So, uh, you know, don't get too discouraged if you do all this work ahead of time and crunch all the data and watch all the highlights and uh, your guy still blanks because that's just part of the game. Um, so definitely go to our Instagram page though and look at that grid that we were referencing a little bit earlier. There's a lot of good data and um, should be most of the main captain choices for Game Week 5 plus some. Um, so again, it may not be necessarily for captain choice, but could be for, um, you know, just is this person worth either keeping in my team or putting in my team and you can get some feedback on those guys. Um, but for us, <clears throat> we think the best captain options, obviously Aguero. Um, we think uh, Sterling is due. I mean, he only blanked one game, but uh, at the pace this guy's going, he will almost, without question, um, have a big return either this week or in week six. Um we do like Kane, believe it or not. I think maybe this hat trick um, for England will get his confidence going a little bit and hopefully find a little momentum for him. Um, I think Aubameyang against Watford, whose team is, I think it was a little bit of a shock that, that Gracia was let go, that he was sacked. So um, I think this team's going to be in a little bit of shock, and I think there's some value um, to that if you are going to captain um, Aubameyang and then of course Salah and Mane and Firmino um, at home to Newcastle you know these guys could put on quite the show that's the with Liverpool is that one of the three at least is guaranteed to uh, to haul um, and usually they're all sort of uh, involved in the goals together, but it's sometimes hard to pick out you know, which of them is is going to have it. You know, um, oh, Pookie actually just scored against Italy, so Pookie back on form. You know, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Sorry for the uh, the aside here, the tangent, but I would not be surprised at all if um, if Pookie gets one against Man City. Um, he scored against Liverpool at Liverpool. They're playing at home. Like I said earlier, they do like to attack, which, yes, leaves them exposed in the back. Um, but if they're going to put that much forward, um, you know, ideally for me, for Josh and me as a, a non-Man City defensive owner um, and a managers that own Cantwell and Pookie, I'd be perfectly fine if Cantwell tees one up for Pookie or maybe the other way around, um, actually the other way around would probably be even better for us. Um, 
you know, it erases a clean sheet for City. Uh, Cantwell and Pookie get some points for us. Cantwell, probably a bit of a differential in most cases. So um, we'd gladly take that. But I would not be surprised if um, if Man City do not keep a clean sheet, especially just the way things are going this season um, with the whole clean sheet or lack thereof, I should say. Um, <clears throat> what else strategy-wise can we talk about here for you guys? Um, the big at the back <clears throat> approach seems to have shifted quite a bit. Um, we were never fans of that in the first place. If you go back to our even uh, preseason um, podcast, never uh, an important thing. I think having uh, two premium defenders in your starting 11 is plenty good. There are lots of good um, four and a half, even four um, and five million pound uh, defenders to be had out there. Um, you know, these sort of cheap, uh, enablers, uh, you know, enabler has sort of a negative context to it. It's, uh, you know, these sort of crappy, uh, you know, cheap players that, you know, they may get a couple of participation points. Um, but you know, you're not expecting much more from them than that. They're just there to get you those two points and then, um, you know, allows you to, to buy some of the premium guys or, you know, afford another premium player or two. Um, but that really hasn't been the case this year. You know, uh, Dendonker, uh, King, uh, Jota were all sort of the, um, the enablers this season, at the beginning of the season. And turns out that players like um, Barnes and Cantwell and Lundstrom – and players like that have actually originally also enablers and sort of unknown enablers uh, for the most part have turned out to be um, amazing values. So, um, you know, those are great and it's okay to have them in your starting 11. You know, a long way of saying it's okay. You don't have to have four or five premium defenders back there. You know, have a Lundstrom, have a, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Soyunku. Um, you know, have a Peters or a Loten or a Mings. <clears throat> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Just like it's fine to have Cantwell um, in your starting 11. I think that, um, you know, just because they're priced low doesn't mean that um, that their output is low too. And I think we've seen that at least through these first few games of the season. So don't be scared of... Um, of mixing it up a little bit with those guys. You know, not every player has to be a premium player and not every player has to be the template player. You know, not, you don't have to have Mount and, um, and James and Abraham and Pookie and, you know, Sterling and De Bruyne. You know, part of the fun of this is, um, is to not follow the template. Um, you know, I don't know that I'd advise going a hundred percent, you know, uh, you know, off the rails with that, but, but have a couple of players. It makes it exciting, you know, make calculated, um, decisions and take calculated risks and, um, you know, or even, uh, create another team that is nothing but just for fun. And I know that, uh, that, you know, fun is sort of used with quotation marks in FPL because it is, if you take it somewhat seriously, like we do, 
Um, it is a nerve-wracking thing. Uh, you find yourself rooting against players from the team you support because they're not in your FPL team. Uh, you find yourself uh, cheering on players for um, for teams that you despise because they're in your FPL squad. So it just it sort of takes on a whole new meaning um, as far as uh, as far as that goes. But um, but come up with a team that is is the no pressure team. Um, it's not the one where you're super concerned about overall rank. Just go in and have some fun with it. Heck, you could even ch- completely change the team up every week. Take the hits because you're not you don't care about overall rank with this team, and just see if if you can you know get as close to the high score each week as you'd like. But but it's a great outlet, and we do that um, oftentimes <clears throat> because. It just it allows you to uh, just go more based on gut feeling uh, and put on put in some players and some differentials that you wish you had the guts to put into your main team, um, but for whatever reason you haven't. So it's just sort of a fun way of uh, of playing FPL and sort of getting back to basics on that. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Almost thirty minutes. Thank you for staying with us. Please check us out on Instagram at Let's Talk Soccer. Hit us up with a message. We love talking with you guys. And until next time, for Josh, this is Gary saying peace and goodbye.